Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oi, the boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Greg, and Andy, Jimmy, and JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty. Well then we should probably start then, shouldn't we? We should. Should we start Footy Prime the podcast? The uh the morning after the Super Bowl. Anyone else uh, go out and enjoy it last night? Have some some drinkies? I did. I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all did. We all did. Yeah. Oh Wonga didn't? You're shaking your head. No, I I, I watched it with Tass. Uh I've never seen her more enthusiastic about it. <laughs> it's the first mm. Super Bowl I've ever watched with her, to be completely honest. Mm. How was and, it? And, and, and I don't blame anyone, but I do say there was a significant um, interest in young Taylor Swift and her relationship with Travis Kelsey. So what? And, and I was cheering. I didn't about? care. Pardon me? What are you talking about? What relationship? Oh, yeah. So, uh, but what was great was I won my bet because I thought Casey would win, although I did think they'd win in the landslide. Mm-hmm. You won your Chester, bet. Yeah, Chesterfield lost. I looked at them. That oh, wasn't my good. Damn couch. Mm-hmm. So were we? We were. Jimmy's didn't get put through. So we mm-hmm. were. Oh, we, <laughs> and four or no? Two, That's for you, terms. That, yeah, yeah. Well. Okay. So let's let's just. Um, you would have fucked it anyway. Yeah. So, so yeah. Jimmy, so yeah, was it was it Lil against Mets? Was that what it was? Yeah. I didn't realize this. I missed it entirely. Even though Dubs mentioned it on the podcast, so I didn't put your bet through. Thankfully, because. You would have lost the bet on Friday for us. So don't get angry at me. No, I'm a little bit angry. <laughs> when I see but the whole we're not. thing there and I'm not involved. <sighs> but you would have lost the bet, though. Yeah. So that we, if we go down together. <laughs> <laughs> Do we not? That's fair. <laughs> Marseille, wasn't it? Marseille Mets. Was it Marseille yeah, Mets? Was it? Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, it was a draw anyway, 1-1. One, one. Uh, we lost the bet regardless because, like you said, there won a Chesterfield couch. JC's couch uh, didn't come through. The rest no, of us came through. Boys. The supporters club went for their, so their, their, their gimme. So fucking annoying. <laughs> the gimme that the uh, supporters club gave us also lost. 
uh, their one out of three. They they got two right. Um, what was the one they? Uh, let me see here. I've got it here. Oh, they got Wolves. They picked Wolves to to beat Brentford. Oh, mm. it didn't happen. So uh, yeah, another week goes by, and yes. another week we get crawl closer and closer to that uh, five hundred dollar startup. <laughs> but we're budget. still in the black, correct? We're we still are. In the yeah, black. we're not in I the red. I think we're at five sixty-one or something around there. That's something is sliding. Sixty-one dollars, Craig Forrest, is what we've got so far for your cardboard box. <laughs> so but we are going to. I'm going to reach out to Tony Bet this week, uh, and maybe try and get a. Uh, one of their their experts on to kind of educate us on, on the best ways because clearly the parlay is not working <laughs> well maybe there's other ways of betting you, i think you're Stucker. looking at the wrong way investments if you we're, we're at 61 percent of 500 dollars mm-hmm. that is pretty good on an investment level yes but we're only that, there those numbers don't make sense we had two big wins in the course of six months two and that's yeah. why we're above otherwise we'd be well below I think the Tony Beck guy would probably say, I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> Don't bet on so many games. Mm-hmm. I think they I, did say that. You. <laughs> or they might say, what are you worried about? You're actually winning. You're actually up. Like mm, Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I think I think a parlay is fine, though, but you need to bet within the games, right? Not just results. But we did mm-hmm. that to keep it simple to start things off for dubs. Yes. Right? Was being was being ushered into the gambling world through Tony Bet this uh, last number of months on, on Footy Prime. And that's kind of why we did. So it's kind of Dubs' fault that we're we're losing. Well, that's interesting because I was going to point out that my record of late is actually quite strong. It is. Yeah. Well, you're going for like minus two thousands. Still strong. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Wins a win. Um, there's there's a story. There's got to be a story behind Dubs's title in her screen, which is people pleaser. <laughs> Parentheses, regrettably, and huh. parentheses. What what is that? What happened over the weekend that changed your? Oh, <laughs> nothing. I think I there's that's always that kind of part in me. Like as a as a little kid, I was a, a, I had a deep need to to please the people that I that I loved, and even people that I didn't love and didn't love me. And that's that part's still there. So I try not to read comments and things like that, but I still do. And you can't please everybody. But this, well, I, what, what are we referring to? <laughs> our, our Victor, our Victor interview. Oh, which I think because, was was generally well received. Yeah. Um, but I think some people thought we should have hammered him a bit more. Yeah. So I saw Rhonda. Rhonda's. She put uh, free pass on, and I mm-hmm. and I thought. So you know what I always go back to, and it was interesting because I was showering and I was thinking about this and context while I was while I was showering. But the I, these are the things I think about in the shower. Is it fair to think of us as 60 minutes? Is it also fair um, to think that sometimes we know what we're doing and you, can, <laughs> and you can create positive change by creating relationships instead of hammering people all the time? And I think that people have to understand that in a, it's a very complicated world, and sometimes you can't always be in your face. Um, you can you can create positive change by just having a relationship with someone, and we are in that space right now with a lot of. And to be completely honest, I'm in this space with all. I've never spoken to Canada soccer until this year. I these are all new people to me, 
So it's always a somewhat awkward if the first time I meet someone, I'm going to throw some, you know, ask really difficult questions instead of, hey, we're, you know, we're, we're getting to know you. So people Here's please regrettably. I, 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 mean, I was talking to Dubs about this earlier, and you can't always unleash the attack dogs. You just can't, right? And in this particular case, there's legalities that they're referring to, which Victor cannot and would not talk about that he has been confronted with in the past on numerous occasions and has given his answers. And in this situation, it's coming out of the World Cup announcement regarding Canada having 13 games. That's the, the context of this current interview. You can't always be the attack dogs. Otherwise, you don't get any interviews. It's as simple mm. as that. I get the frustration. I do. I do. I think generally speaking, if you look at our, our history, we, we can ask tough questions. Dubs is renowned for it. <laughs> But uh, I think in this case, yeah, I, I think it was a pretty decent interview, you know, and he's to realize the current, you know, news cycle and what we're talking about. And you can't always go back, always go back, always go back and, and, and dig up relevant issues, important issues. Absolutely. But when you're not going to get anything out of it, you don't, you can't always do that. As simple as that. And you don't get people to come on, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> if every time they come on, you start hammering them, it's like, well, why would I come on that show? Yeah. So it's walking the line. I think don't not giving people a free pass. And I don't think we did, but I, I don't think you can always just, you know, I, I think I need to be balanced with, with you guys. I think there are a lot of things that I had written down that I wanted to ask that I decided not to ask because I don't think it is in our collective best interest. Mm hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, can't I, know. I totally agree with that. For example, yeah. I mean, that was a, he let himself down there. Which? 2027. <laughs> yeah, I was, listen, I almost like Tourette style blurted that right out and I refrained from doing so. <laughs> Rose gold. You got that answer though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, back to the Super Bowl. Did you see that incident, by the way, uh, Travis Kelsey with Andy Reid in the first half when he went right up to him screaming, shoved him. Right, yeah, and, and yeah. I was amazed by it. This this petulant little kid in Travis Kelsey settled down, get some fucking control. But my 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 thought turned to football, and with you guys, was there anything that you saw as, as a footballer where a player confronted a coach like that? Obviously, it was emotional. Andy Reid knows the player, didn't think that much of a big deal, and in the end, Kelsey found his game in the second half. But do you remember anything where where a coach and a player? was so furious with each other that he got awkward. Um, yes. In football, uh, historically, players will have a dig at their managers mm. privately. There's arguments all the time in the dressing room between managers and players. Harsh, harsh arguments. Yeah. And then what I understand in North America, for the most part, you don't talk back to your coaches. You don't question your coaches. So uh, that was unusual. Physical, not so much. Um, of course, that's a different level. But arguments and things, holy shit. Yeah, I, I agree. Agree with Stacks. I mean, when um, in Europe, everybody's accountable for their actions and what they do everybody's accountable and everybody speaks their mind in North America for some reason. And this is kind of going with, with dubs, dubs speaks her mind, which I, which I love. And I think it's brilliant. I'm, I was the same and I still do, but to a certain extent now, because in North America, 
the minute that you speak your mind or you hold somebody accountable, it's you're done. You're done. They, they people cannot handle that over here. And in Europe, it's completely different. And I remember the amount of times where a match would be going on and I would be yelling at the gaffer going, we're getting fucking hammered in the middle of the park. Sort this out. Fucking fix us. And then they would, you know, they, they would do it. Or a player's not pulling his weight and you'll have players yelling over to the, to the benches and going, fucking get him off. Get him off. He's not working. You know, but over in North America, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You cannot do that because people can't handle it. They can't handle being under being questioned or under pressure. It's or or being accountable for an action. Why is that? Why, why is it so different? Is it a cultural thing? I don't know. Well, Jimmy, sorry. You, well, you, when you, you notice, when, like, you're, and especially in the soccer world, if you if you yeah. hold somebody accountable in Canada for for in the soccer world, they fucking it's ridiculous. It's a, they'll blacklist you in two seconds here. What was your transition from TFC? Like, was that this huge cultural? I know oh, we talked cool. about it on the pitch, but just even. But it, but it wasn't. It wasn't too bad. But for the North American players, it was because you know we had Mo Johnson, we had uh, John Carver, we had all, all these Brits who understood it and got it. Right? They they got it. Well, the North American coaches or the North American players were completely different. Completely different. They had to, they more or less not in a way be coddled, like you you couldn't go directly at them and call them out, like they, you have you had to think about it and it's almost like a nurturing process with them for yeah. a lot of the the young North American guys. Yeah, I found in in Europe and like in England that uh, you kind of knew where you were sit where you sat, like it was pretty pretty blatantly obvious because. They thought you were a cunt. They're going to call you a cunt to your face. In yeah. Canada, they wait till you turn around to call you a cunt and stick a knife yeah. in your back. Just a little nicer way to call you a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is. That's Canada. That's 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 a soccer landscape in Canada. Yeah. There's so many people like that. It's ridiculous. Backstabbing in a second. Dubs, was that your experience as a footballer? I mean, was there that respect level between players and coaches that you wouldn't confront a coach so so publicly compared to elsewhere? Yeah, I think so. Um, but it's interesting what Jimmy and, and Forrester are saying, because I, I wonder how, I don't wonder how, but like, I mean, it's almost unspoken that that respect um, is is built in, right? So these fucking emojis up. up again. I know. <laughs> I don't know what's so going weird. on. I don't AI. know if anybody else is experiencing this. I think it's a is it an Apple thing? You do it the thumbs up and then you get like the, whether you're I'm not on getting teams the emojis. Or, it's, just your thumb. it's so weird. It's like an update I ran. I don't know what it is. I hate it. <laughs> it's the ghost thumbs up. How'd you get that thumb? How'd you get that up on the screen? I don't know. It's very Look at weird. us. We're like freaking a dog being distracted <laughs> by some Look. shiny object. Do it again. What? <laughs> I like it. It's so bizarre. It's just to clarify for those listening and not watching this podcast, which is yeah. everyone. Um, when Dubs puts a thumb up, gives a thumbs up, a little emoji thumb pops up on a screen. But on the opposite it's side, Dubs. Yeah. And we find it very entertaining for some reason, and we lose our train of thought. Oh, anyway. You're making a great point, Dubs. Let's well, try not to be distracted by know. the thumbs. It- <laughs> yeah, let's see if I am. But you know that you can have that, that. very public calling out that's deserved or not, but then that respect is maintained. 
And and so how do you how do you translate that? Why why can we not do that in a North American sports landscape? Because I think, you know, just seeing in my little echo chamber on on Twitter, like people were absolutely vilifying Kelsey for that. I don't think it was helped on that he was relatively uninvolved for that first half, right? He was a non-factor. So that was maybe his frustration boiling over. I don't think it helped the fact either that it was physical in nature. It wasn't just a guy kind of running his mouth at the coach. And he's obviously under a really intense microscope because of his relationship with Taylor Swift. So there's nothing that these guys do that's not on camera, right? That somebody's able to find. But I, I wonder why that is that you can't because you should be able to call somebody out when they're wrong or when things aren't going respectfully. Yes, respectfully. But or as Jimmy's saying, you know, like things on the pitch, like saying like, hey, it's not fucking working. Let's change things up. And I think I told to go back to your question about my own experience when we were over training. Um, it was before the Women's World Cup in, in 2000, yeah, 20, 2007. And we were in Singapore. And uh, we were based there and we did the same thing the year after prior to the Beijing Olympics, where we kind of spent better part of a month there training and getting some friendlies in and sort of acclimatizing ourselves. I was working my way back into the starting 11 and then playing kind of on the scrub team or the penny team. And we were forced to play with members of staff. And some of them were good players like Ian Bridge, who, you know, his prime had long since passed. But like you knew that if you were playing with Bridgie, you were going to get you could, you could give him a ball, you could put him under pressure and he would come out of it and he would be somebody good to be sort of stand shoulder to shoulder with. But other members of staff obviously couldn't. And I remember taking a member of staff who happened to be an assistant coach to task because he was fucking things up. And I did so publicly and I got punished. And it took a week or two for it to come to light where Evan Pellery, the coach at the time, said, I've heard that you've been rude to members of staff that you haven't been treating them respectfully. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, that's not me. Like who, who said that? This is during a, and, and this is after a, a, a fun game. The, yeah. Well, it wasn't immediately it's after. It was maybe like four or five days later where right, there was the this incident was during this game. The incident was during the game and then it was done. I left it there, but then it kind of creeped into everything else outside the pitch. And then it wasn't addressed. It was just I didn't get acknowledged or I didn't get included in in certain things where I normally would have as a member of of the leadership group. And finally, I pushed him and he told me who it was. And it was this fucking coach who was hurt by the fact that I, quote unquote, humiliated him on the pitch. Jesus. Like, get over yourself. <laughs> and you I, was, balls? I was. Is that what I you wanted could, to say? Huh. Well, really? Something. I mean, I know that's not the best phrase to use, but Some come on. Throw yeah. something. Throw right. something down Throw there. Some don't be Ken. Don't be the Ken doll. Fucking cunt up. Come on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, but like, you sure. just, you could, going back to Jimmy and yeah. Forrest Point, it's just a different sort of environment, atmosphere entirely, where I had to be, I was probably overly careful after the fact. I didn't change who I was as a player, but I was, I was really cognizant of who I was speaking to and, and that respect was always there, but like you're on the pitch and not that that goes away and there's a disregard for who it is you're speaking to, but you, everybody is sort of down on the same level and you yeah. just couldn't get away with that yeah. over here the way that you could, I think, in, in Europe or England. Well, it's, it's banter culture, right, Craig? It's banter culture. Now, banter can be toxic. I'm not going to be one of these Neanderthals saying it's, oh, it's just a bit of fun. People can get offended. That's okay. But be open about it. But over here, I mean, I look at my groups of friends. They can all handle 
banter, right? And, and they're Canadians. There's been groups in the past who just don't get it. They can't handle it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not <laughs> mentioning any names. What are you looking at? <laughs> but uh, Let's but they can't handle this, it, right? This is your only group of fucking friends. Well, that's, <laughs> you gotta, are you saying that we're friends, Jimmy? Are we saying we're, are we friends? I've, I've got a group. That's nice to know. <laughs> but you know, Craig, right? It's, it's true. I mean, listen, and again, it's just a different culture. It, it really is. And yeah. not to say Canadians, like I said, not Canadians can handle banter. There's certainly many of them can, but some of them can't, as we're you know, discussing here. It's different. Very sensitive. It's different. I remember Frank Yallop when he moved from over to North, uh, MLS, what, late, late 90s, and uh, to Tampa Bay Mutiny, the defunct Tampa Bay Mutiny. And uh, he's like, Stacks, his, I was like, all oh, my jokes over here. Like, they, they think I'm like, you know, one of the players came up to me and said, Frankie, why are you so mean? <laughs> like, Frankie Yellow, he's never been mean in his life. He's just well, brilliant. Well, they- I also I also want to say that football culture, NFL, CFL, there's fights, there's yelling. We had a coach who our our kicker was back in the day, great kicker. We needed him, but a bit of a dick sometimes. We had our one of our coaches went at him on the sideline, like full fight. Oh, and that was during our Vanya Cup year. That's going so too these, far. No, these are things that happen. And yeah. no, it, it, culturally, I mean, maybe people don't see them happening. So they go, oh, that's disrespect and all that kind of stuff. This yeah. stuff happens all the time. And there's not holding back. in yeah. with, with 50, 60 guys, especially in a football team, people are blunt. And they're like, like getting called out. I remember I, we played... We played Concordia. I had an average game. And my my defensive coordinator, who's basically your head coach of that position, said, we can't have a veteran guy playing like shit. And I was just like, oh, fuck. I'm get, you know, like, sh-. and I didn't play horribly. I, like, I played well, but he was using me as an, and I also, and he goes, Wonger, I need to use you as an example. Like he told me after. But you also, you get ripped to shreds sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that builds you as not only like we're not we're playing a, another level. We're not playing hopscotch here. This is what I don't get is these people who go, oh, well, you, you, this isn't house league. Yeah. You're playing at your you're you're playing at a level. Schools invested in you. The country's invested in you. People have invested you. You there's accountability. Yeah. So from coaches across the board to players across the board, you got to give it and take it. Yeah. And it's not always it's not always fun. Yeah. Like this isn't fun. I, I had a chat with my daughter the other day and I said, you know, they always have that line. Find something you love and never work a day in your life. And I'm like, that's the biggest bunch of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. You can we podcast. We still do. Do you think I like doing Excel spreadsheets? You fuckers out there. Do you think I like bugging you about <laughs> your invoices about. <laughs> about not sending invoices? You work you outside think- the actual podcast, the actual recording. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's just in this box. <laughs> yeah. Snowflake, Wonger. Jesus Christ. Yeah, exactly. By the way, are those new glasses, Wonger? Yeah, the dollar store. <laughs> yeah. They're, They're really very nice. Um, what's the word? Oh, uh, Flamboyant? <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. They're, it's because they, they didn't Elton, have any shut other- up. <laughs> they, they it's didn't like an Asian uh, Dame Edna. <laughs> oh, come on, Dame Edna Everett. I saw, I saw curb your enthusiasm when Larry David had a new pair. Of glasses, so. 
I'm copying them. My point is, people don't understand the culture. And now to Dub's point with the media, all of these things are seen. This stuff has been going on. You get called out. But yes, I do believe that in the last 15 years, the voice of the player has gotten stronger, which is great. But there's this weird coddling that's also going, or, oh, you can't talk to my kid like that, or you can't talk to me like that. Mm. And I, you're like, what are you talking about? You are the, I'm, I, you're the coach. If I've done something wrong, tell me. Mm. Because, and I'm rather, I'm a physical, you know, as an athlete, I had enough confidence to go, oh, this isn't going to break me. This will make me better. That's all. Mm. So Andy Reid probably went, oh, fuck, I'm fucking up here. I've got a shitty offense going right now. Yeah, of course. Listen, like uh, people forget that, you know, there's, there's so much that's on the line. And these, these professionals are working their asses off behind the scenes, right? And then when the moment comes, millions of people are watching. There's a lot of money on the game. Like the players, you forget when you're in the zone, that their fans are in there. You forget that you're on TV. You forget that there's millions of people watching the game. Mm -hmm. And that moment is just the passion coming out where something's not right. We got to fix this and we got to fix it quick. And, and it's not, it's not an argument. It's not a fight. It's just, we've got to nail this. We got to get this right. Otherwise we're not winning. And mm -hmm. they'll be back in the dressing room sitting with Super Bowl, and the two of them be going, we did it. We did it. We fixed it and we won it, right? So mm -hmm. people forget about that. It's it's that moment where you're in, in the zone. You forget about everything else that's going on, but you just have that passion that you want to win. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure Andy Reid at the, you know, they're drinking 16 beers at the end of the night. He's going, what the fuck happened there? You know, to Travis Kelsey. He goes, oh, yeah, I lost it, didn't I? <laughs> you know, like yeah. these are some things you laugh about. When you with, win. Uh, with Travis Kelsey and, and, and Taylor? Was he? He's gone to a different yeah. party post game. Oh party. God! Wouldn't you want to? I don't know if Andy. Re I think he's probably planning next season already. Uh, he's gone back to his office. I would have loved to hang out with Blake Lively. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> wouldn't we all? Did you see um, Ryan Reynolds' post? It was quite funny. He said, uh, "Do you guys uh, see the the trailer for the new Deadpool movie?" And also, anyone seen my wife? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ryan, we have. Yeah. <laughs> Um, was, so you look great. I was just hoping now I would have been late to have been a little sandwich. Uh, <laughs> forest sandwich. Forest sandwich. Yeah. Oh my god. Lake Lively and Taylor Swift bread. Oh, jumping up and down like a little schoolgirl. So yeah. that's a, that's like a, a white bread, a white bread with even whiter in the middle. Like made, yeah. a mayonnaise sandwich. <laughs> um, stay in this theme though. So I, I'm sure you saw um, the Calvin Phillips interview and he's talking about his time at man city and how when, when pep called him out for his weight he, that was a very tough time for him he took it very personally he goes what what he said was correct i was overweight i think he put on a pound and a, whatever it was kilo and a half whatever it was um but he said to do it publicly was very difficult to take do you think craig that in that case uh pep went too far by publicizing the reason why mm. calvin Phillips wasn't playing should have been yeah, kept in-house? Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of that. You could debate whether they should keep it behind closed doors. But again, I think there's some frustration there from can be from either side. I do remember very when I was really young, 16, 17, when I was over there. And I don't know, I was goofing around. or I was really enjoying what we were doing in training. But I fucked up. And about three of the coaches came over. 
and they basically told me like do you realize that what you do now is there's people's jobs on the line like you're not doing this for fun anymore this is like serious shit and if you keep fucking up like that we're gonna put you on a plane back to canada like in like 10 minutes so so sort your shit out so it's like oh fuck yeah yeah it's a business and you learn that very quickly so you shit your pants and then you started playing well yeah <laughs> Yeah. No, and the, the, when you're over there as well, the, the senior pros tell you right away when things aren't going well, that you're, you're taking food off the table. And they make you learn real quick that money's on the line here. This is a job. This is not, this yeah. is not playing recreational football anymore. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, lot at stake, and you're going to be accountable for every action that you do when you play. Yeah, I felt that too, especially if you're down in the relegation area and you you know that if your club gets relegated, people are losing jobs, money's being cut severely, especially if you're losing uh, Premier League status. My God, hundreds of millions and everything changes. TV money gets switched off, Uh, the parachute payment now, whatever, but still back then it was literally switched off. You got NFL TV money and then all of a sudden you get nothing. Mm. Must be a crazy amount of pressure as a player to be to be cognizant of that. But then I think you have to be careful though, as as a manager or as a member of staff, telling a player that. Like I can remember when I was first kind of when I was first sort of pegged as being one of the elite players in, in Quebec. So I was probably the same age for us, like 15 or 16, mm-hmm. and training indoors at um the Olympic Stadium where we they all had all the national training centers. And being called out, not because I wasn't performing, but because I I had the gall to make a joke in line. And the guy said to me in French, Amy Walsh, it's not a circus here. But like part of my jam or like my identity as a player was hard work. You always got it when that whistle went or when we were on in like a drill or an exercise or whatever it was. But then it was also to keep things light. And if, if, if a player or if a coach is going to knock that out of a player, then mm-hmm you're responsible for that. And then you're responsible for the environment and the atmosphere that you're cultivating at practice, at games, in a locker room, a dressing room, traveling. And if you snuff that out, then you risk also damaging that chemistry. So it's a really, I think, hard line to to walk. But I mean, I, I can't imagine what that pressure must be like knowing, you know, if you're in the relegation zone and, and you know, everything is under under the microscope. And the old British guys, I tell you what, they're, they're whole theory on trying to get people to or to get the best out of them was to slaughter you Mm. or to tell you that if as you're walking out the door for a match like if you any of you let me down you're not playing for me again like what the fuck oh yeah that's awesome thanks coach i'm gonna go out there and really give it my all you're out there just trying to protect yourself you're wondering what the what what is that I read a book about the SAS and the SAS, you know, this elite, elite um, battalion, whatever you want to call it, right, guys going into the, the danger zones in, in the world. And they say the banter is absolutely key for them. They have to have that to break the ice, to keep things calm, because you're going off to war, you could die, your body could die tomorrow. They joke about dying and being shot and this type of stuff. It's the only way to get through that. Some people can't handle it. And maybe culture is shifting that less and less people can handle it. Maybe we're just old, part of an older bygone era, and we love it. But I don't know. I know some young people who seem to have pretty good banter. Hope it's still around. Mm-hmm. It, it, got, it got a really bad name, didn't it, banter, for years ago now? Because people 
I think they got the the lines are blurred between bullying and banter, and it's very easy to feel bullied if you don't understand the concept of banter. I think, and and we've seen that in a lot of sports teams, kids in particular, right? It's how you're raised, I suppose, as well. I was raised to be hammered and put down, but understand it's all in good fun, <laughs> right? And it kind of works. Me and my old man have conversations. Not, there aren't very many pleasantries. <laughs> it works, you know? <laughs> I think it's part of not not taking yourself too seriously, right? Or seeing yeah, yourself as, as the be-all, end-all and the solution to everything and, and going back to being coddled and not, right? It's everybody is on the same level. <laughs> I know Wong, Wong and I. I know Wong and I are thinking about very similar things right now. That's all. We can't divulge. We will off camera. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we, Wonga? Yeah, we're stupid. Um, <laughs> no, nothing. It's nothing inappropriate. It's just no. that way. A conversation to be had over a beer. Yeah, we haven't got a recording button on the top left of the screen. Um. To the weekend games. Should we get to some games here quickly? Uh, all I know is I wanted to be a full sports day on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. So I woke up and watched a football game. Then I watched a second football game. And that second football game was Arsenal and West Ham. Mm-hmm. And my God, that was a crappy. It was horrible to watch. It was. But what I did learn is I really like watching Saka. Mm-hmm. There's guys that, you know, we, we talked about Richie Larea who sat on the bench for uh, Forrest, but I love watching Saka. He's, it was some, like, there's some great players on Arsenal. Yeah, well, they smashed West Ham 6 nothing. It was Ooh. four at half time. We're all thinking, oh, could this be? Is Craig getting phone calls tomorrow morning from England? Um, didn't happen in the end, but Saka, yeah, his 50th goal, uh, 100th goal and or assist. He's 22 years of age, this kid. He is exciting to watch and a good guy too. Seems to be quite a leader in that room as well. Um, the last time Arsenal scored six on the road, did you see this, was back in 2009 against David Moyes, back then with Everton. Poor old David Moyes. <laughs> Don't entertain Arsenal. They're a funny team, West Ham, though, eh, Craig? I mean, they, they, they've had, I guess overall, it's a pretty decent season. This frustration has been mm-hmm. some real dips, but overall... I don't think Hammers can be too upset with how the season's transpired so far. No, it just shows you the, you know, the passion that they have for their <clears throat> their club, as many fans do, and the expectations of their club are always much higher than than probably most when people are looking in where West Ham should be and how Moyes has actually done over a long, long period of time. They tend to look at it as you're as good as your last result and those slaughter moys they'll be talking about him get oh, he should be out we got to look at somebody else oh, this will go on all the time next thing you know he'll go on and win a few matches and everything's good and let's offer him another contract it's very fickle the you, have eighth. Have, you have to have a thick skin eighth yeah. on the table right now right yeah and, and, and that that kind of area of eighth it's so mushy right now right <laughs> I mean, let's see where. So eighth place is West Ham, thirty-six tied with Newcastle, right? So West Ham tied with the the, the powers of Newcastle. Uh-huh. They're just five points back of United, who are suddenly, you know, eyeballing a potential Champions League spot in fifth. With, with I'm cheering because I said Aston Villa was going to be knocked down, and I said mm-hmm. it, the five teams were going to be uh, the ones that are up there right now: Liverpool, City, 
Arsenal, and I said that United would sneak in, and our, uh, Villa was going to drop by, and I th- drop back. So I'm excited. To well, see they happen. are they are coming down to earth a little bit. United mm-hmm. played them pretty well to beat them this weekend, two one, three straight wins for United. Hoyland scoring a goal, he's looking much better. McTominay scores another winner. I mean, I don't That's know. Seven we, goals uh, now, McTominay. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you, Dubs. Uh, end of the season, who's in, who's higher in the table, Villa or Manchester United? I think Villa. Still, yeah. going to figure it out. Be a contrarian to Wonger. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think I don't think United are convincing. I think they've got. I thought Maguire was good. Um, I think Casemiro back has helped fix things in the middle of the park. But I just think they they give up so many big chances. I think Villa was wasteful with their chances that they had and like big chances as well and uh it just seems united are never fully in control of matches and because of that i think villa will will eventually go ahead of them jimmy i know you're leaving soon uh, anything you want to get to before you have to jump no i agree with with dubzo i think villa villa is going to be there they'll be on top of man united come the end of the season and it's funny too because over the next three three matches Luton, Forest, and Fulham. You muted yourself. (laughs) (laughs) You should have let him kept going. (laughs) I think you hit your mic, Jimmy. There you go. There you go. So then the next three matches, which is interesting, is Fulham, Nottingham Forest, and Luton. And both Man United and Villa, those that's their next three matches against. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. So be interesting. I heard a stat too that that's 13 wins on the season for United. 11 of those wins have, they've only won by one goal. I mean, I know that's the nature of the game, but it just goes back to that argument about them being unconvincing. Mm-hmm. But listen, they won three straight games though. That's the bottom line. Yep. Ten Hag's doing something right, I suppose. And I like to hear mention Harry Maguire, who's really <laughs> turned it around, hasn't he? A guy that was on the way is actually playing pretty well right now. He's a staple in that, in that defense. Even Varane got back in this weekend, given the injury situation at United right now. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's interesting. Um, their, their City rivals, obviously, just looking great. Kevin De Bruyne, I made this comment, I think, on this podcast, how, you know, what are the odds? I actually put money down on this um, for him to lead the, the assists chart by the end of the season. See you, Jimmy. Wow. Um, and he's since he's got back, he's got more assists than anyone. Four assists in three games. It's still going to be a stretch, I think, Craig, to, to, to get to the top there. But I tell you what, I mean, he hasn't, he's hit his stride without skipping a beat. God, could there be more cliches in a sentence? Who's, uh, who's leading currently, Charms? Do you know? Do you um, is it Ollie, is it Ollie Watkins? Let me check here. For assists? Yeah, no, he's had an incredible season. I know, I know for goal contributions, Watkins is just behind oh, Salah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But sorry, I don't know about assists yeah. on their own. Here we go. Assists, yeah, Ollie Watkins, 10. Okay. He's got two more than, than Pascal Gross, uh, Neto at Wolves, who is so underrated. What a player. Mo's got, sorry, I can't mention Mo Salah because I'll be hammered by certain people uh, <laughs> dropping reviews. You are also that deep down to James Sherman. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Such a... <laughs> yeah, seriously. Right? Mo's got eight. And uh, yeah, so tell you, he's six back at first place. And it's, it is Kevin De Bruyne. It's possible. Um, so I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Dubs, can you do me a favor? Mm-hmm. Um, can you just say, we'll be right back after this uh, commercial break. 
We'll be right back after this commercial break. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And we're back. <laughs> that was a great commercial break. It was. <laughs> yeah, maybe sure the Uber, the Uber team is uh, <laughs> dropped in right there. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, so City they they won quite comfortably there. We mentioned Arsenal there. Um, Odegaard had a great game, by the way, didn't he? For Arsenal, just dropping that. I've got this stat here. Just saw um, he's the first you player. Have a, you have a bit of a man crush on Odegaard because you've been talking about him a lot, which I appreciate. Have I? I think he's have been I? playing great. Yeah, really? yeah. I think you mentioned Probably him a have. lot. I like him. Yeah. Good, good player. He's yeah. the first player to record um, since 0304 uh, to complete 100 or more passes create at least five chances and assist multiple goals in the same Premier League match. That's mm-hmm. courtesy up to Joe, who's always right. He's some player. Newcastle beat Forest uh, 3-2. And like I said there, Richie didn't get on the pitch. Um, Liverpool beat Burnley 3-1. I can't mention Liverpool, obviously. <laughs> Sorry, before we, um, before we move on to that, Dubs and Craig, if someone's not seeing the pitch, but he's on the, like, on the bench, basically. Sorry, I don't know what you call it. But what does that mean? Like, why bring him over there to sit on the bench? Well, I don't even think he was on the bench. Oh. I don't. I don't think he was. Listening. But he was on the roster. Like they moved him onto this twenty-five man. Yeah. Roster. Yeah. What does that mean? Am I supposed to g- glean anything from it or gleam? Glean, glean from a gleam. <laughs> I don't know yet. That's, That's N as in November, Sharms. Mm. <laughs> what am I supposed to glean from that? Yeah. Anything. Well, it's hard, it's hard to know, you know, did they lose or run out of options for him in MLS or what to do with Richie behind the scenes? And then they're like, well, we're short of a few bodies here. Uh, bring him back. He's ours. Um, we might use him if he's uh, if we have some injuries uh, and or uh, Nuno has never seen him before. So it'll give Richie a chance in training to to prove himself and hopefully the manager takes to him and likes what he sees and he gets an opportunity at some stage. It's kind of how it works, but it's up to Richie really to, to prove that to him and for him to give him a shot. How important though, Craig, is it in dubs you too, to, to have a home, a proper home as a footballer, because he's there. Um, he was in Toronto for a while, Vancouver, when the summer comes and the MLS window opens again, will you be back in MLS as a player? You do want to have, especially at this point in his career, you can be loaned out, you know, left, right, and center, but you want some solidity, don't you? Yeah, I'll, I'll just—I've never experienced it myself, but I, I think there's there's a sweet spot between 
you know, getting complacent, uh, you, you sign a big ticket, you're on good wages, um, you're at a place that, where you feel loved and, and you like being there, but you can kind of start spinning your wheels a little bit. And then a player like Richie and, and Wonger, you spoke about this really eloquently last pod about Richie, how he plays with that edge and that fire and that chip on his shoulder. And that's what I really like about his game. But you can't do that all the time. So, no, I, I think you you do need to, yes, you want to prove yourself. You want to prove people wrong. You want to say that I belong. I want to establish myself here, here carve mm-hmm. out a, a space for yourself. But eventually you need to land somewhere where, as you said, Charms, you you feel at home because I think that does serve to elevate your game. Some players build their careers, though, just on loan deals, right? You look at their, you, you go on their Wikipedia page and it's just funny, you know, it's like, club parent you know and then they go 11 loans over five years right and they finally get that chance um on the flip side jordan henderson in his second game for ajax had the captain's armband so uh current captain uh steven bergwin was out for this one through injury so john van ship that the coach apparently very impressed with with Hendo's leadership skills in the room and second game gets the armband and there's talk now about him getting it permanently. Let me ask you that, Craig. New guy comes in, right? We know the story behind Jordan Henderson, um, but also he's won a league, he's won a Champions League as a captain. He's obviously got great leadership skills, but to get the armband that soon, is that a statement on him or or on the room? Mm, that's a statement on him and obviously what he's done in the past and his leadership for sure. If he keeps playing like that, he might get a big move to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> Was the armband rainbow? <laughs> he did so much in Saudi he, Arabia. He's wearing so much rainbow right now. He's getting his <laughs> laces, his underwear. He's got so much rainbow right now. Do <laughs> the sins of his past. But I don't know. I mean, as a, as a you know, we've all played sports. New guy comes in and straight away gets that. I don't know how that. I know. Is it a big deal, Dubs? I don't know. I don't think it is. No. I don't think it's a, it's it's an indictment of of the leadership that already existed in that room or or the guy who's out injured. I just think it's a reflection, and you're kind of honoring and and saluting what Henderson's done thus far, and obviously come in and had a an immediate impact on the squad and gotten the confidence of the manager and and also the team. So I think it's more a reflection of of Henderson and and his pedigree as a footballer. Mm-hmm. You don't like that answer, do you? No, no. It's like I'm a Hendo fan. Yeah, you know I am, right? I like Jordan Henderson. I mean, mm-hmm. the Saudi Arabia thing was an embarrassment, but he's got a chance. It's a redemption story. He's got a chance to rewrite his his history, and that can be a little blip that one day he'll write a book and say, "Yeah, I really regret that." Although I made a shitload of money. How long six was he months? There? Half a season, yeah. So we do if Footy Prime, we'd have to do six months in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> we could do that. We could do that, couldn't we? We could drive. We could drive Dubs around. God, right. People pleaser, regrettably, would be really regrettable. Like she'd be like, "Oh, I can't do this again." Well, like, let's ask the uh, our listeners. Let's ask the supporters club, right? Carrie, Rhonda, in particular. Um, if we did go to Saudi Arabia for six months, would you forgive us eventually if we came back 
and and redeemed ourselves. Would you understand? And ask for forgiveness and yeah. saying it's a mistake, even though <laughs> you know it'd probably be a mistake going. So what's the context though? We're just all getting tickets to Saudi Arabia, or we've like signed this massive deal that sends yeah, us to deal. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. It deal. would have to be that. Yeah. We followed the the yeah. trail of green. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I want to yeah. find out what they think. Would they forgive us eventually, or will you just sold our souls? Fucking sellouts. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> We'd, yeah. be on it. We'd be on it, we'd be on it, The redemption arc. Yeah, we sellouts. Did. We just played a commercial mid mid show. There's no doubt about us being sellouts. That's yeah. fair. We've, got be, we've got to put dinner on the table, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> we do. We do have to pay for ourselves. These things cost money. <laughs> Some other notes here. Um, oh, Alistair Johnston, uh, nasty injury this weekend. Now we're not quite sure whether it's, I know Brendan Rogers said it was a, a slight was it a slight skull fracture? I mean, is it, sure. can you use slight when you're talking about a skull fracture? I like you, I don't know. You can fucking you? smashed your head. It's not I guess slight. Yes, you can. But now um, Josh Cloak's reporting in the Athletic. Uh, it was a jaw issue. Um, oh, the most recent I saw this morning is he could be out f- up to four weeks. Oh, sorry, from four weeks, maybe longer than that. We, we don't know. But it's not good news, obviously, with a massive game coming up for Canada. Well, the other yeah, thing Jim is, is go. it's not good news for him it, regardless. <laughs> yeah, if, it, if it's also a broken jaw, I had a buddy who had a broken jaw from a bar fight. He had to get it wired. He had to drink uh, through a straw, his dinner, like through a straw for four weeks. So it's the weight you lose. You can't move your head a lot. You can't work out because there's so much breathing involved and all of those things. It could be longer than four weeks if it's like a major, a major broken jaw, and uh, a, and a, a and a surgery, and surgery. Can someone punch like me in the jaw? Yeah, really I was going to say somebody posted on on Twitter. It was I just checked um, Alistair's Instagram real quick, but it must have been one of his stories, or maybe the club posted it. And he was in a hospital bed with kind of the the blood pressure cuff on and giving a thumbs up and smiling. Um. You know, so I to me, if you've got your jaw wired shut or you've got something going on, you, you know, can still do this. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was, oh. was a natural kind of smile. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll get the details in the very near future. But yeah, obviously, our best to him. Um, that's a big loss for Celtic and for Canada potentially mm-hmm. there elsewhere. Uh, Theo Blair scored again for Motherwell, five and six for him. Uh, uh, Ike Ugbo had a couple for Sheffield Wednesday against Birmingham. Is it Ike? Um, I always thought it was I think Ike. Is Ike? I, I don't know. I can't remember. I mean, I'm the last person to ask how to pronounce the name. <laughs> I'm the wrong guy to ask. That's right. Ugbo. I think, I think you've got the Ugbo part right, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, honestly, I mean, him to find some form would be very handy for Canada as well. You know, he hasn't had great form in, in recent months, and he kind of lost his international uh, call-up. Um, have you seen this Tristan Henry controversy? Yeah. Really interesting. So uh, he wasn't been, hasn't been part of the Forge preseason and missed the game last weekend, the Champions Cup. Um, now, there is a report out there that Forge was blocking a potential move to USL. He has now refuted that report. So who the hell knows what's going on here? But this is the arguably the best goalkeeper in Canadian Premier League history. He's only still only 30. Uh, it's, it's a big deal, I, I think. And, and we need some clarification at some point on either party's yeah, we don't really know exactly what's going on there. I, I did sense that there was a little bit of money that uh, that Forge could ask for, um, because he's under contract. 
or what it sounded like he was under a contract. I think it's option year, right? Option year, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if they if they're looking for a hundred grand or whatever for him and he thinks he's gonna be able to go on a free, uh, at the end of the day, it is a little it is a business and if they uh they're losing a good goalkeeper, why shouldn't they get some compensation for that? But I don't I can't say that I know the whole story. It mm-hmm. just seems a bit strange. And what gives me pause is the fact that he wasn't involved in any of the preseason training or photos or documents, you know, that you would have seen on socials when they were in Mexico preparing for that game last week. So if Mm -hmm. you're, if there's something happening in terms of your, of your contract, are you out of that roster altogether? Are you not traveling? Like maybe Forrest, you can shed some light on that. Like, is that, that's what's unusual about it to me. Well, you mean if they if there's nothing sorted out, or yeah. do you think there was something already sorted out? No, I just mean is is it rare that if they were having discussions and maybe not seeing eye to eye about this option year, yeah. would you be absent entirely? It could be. I mean, I, I mean, I did it. Uh, I did it at uh, when I was out of contract with the Ipswich before the move to West Ham and. At that time, the Bosmer rule wasn't not in place, so they they hold your contract. They have to keep paying your weekly wage, what you were on, but they still hold your rights. You can't walk away in a free. You're just stuck with them. Um, and I refused to go on a preseason tour because, well, what happens, Gaffer, if I go over there and get hurt? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in limbo. I'm the one missing out here. So, And they didn't like that, which I found kind of strange. I mean, mind you, they... They sell you on loyalty all the time, too. <laughs> yeah, it goes both ways, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but what gives me, like, what I'm concerned about is is the the CPL, I think, is is under a, a sort of a new microscope because of this, this media pro CPL CSB business, right? Who's mm-hmm. going to carry those games? Um, who's going to watch those games? But then I also think, like, the league itself – I think a situation like this where it was reported, and again, I know um, Henry said that there were some things that weren't factual about that article in the Northern Tribune, um, mm-hmm. but you want it to be player-centric. And so, you know, Forge is his, is his dynasty in CPL. They have this Golden Glove winning goalkeeper who are they preventing him from going. A hundred grand is a lot of money for USL. Um, but apparently the ownership signed off on it, but it was Smyrniotis who put a stop to it. Um, so, you know, I think if you, if you want to be championing your league and you want to be attracting players, this is not the way to do it, to do it. No, correct. At the same time, it's funny, Victor kind of alluded to this in our interview last week, how, you know, all these controversies be at the player level or at obviously beyond that broadcast level, it might suggest that we're getting closer to becoming a soccer nation because <laughs> <Yeah>. every, <laughs> every football playing nation go through this shit, right? And yeah. you've got to sort it out. You do for sure. And I, I suppose in interest in Henry's case, you know, he's, he's kind of earned the right to make a choice. But if there's an option on his contract that he signed, then uh, you got to deal with it, right? We'll, we'll do some digging around that this week and find out what we can. Well, um, the Forge don't want him to disappear without getting anything, right? No, he's a great goalkeeper. Like a, yeah. Yeah, you great. want your return, right, on yeah. that. So they're, the maybe they're negotiating the amount at this point, and then, yeah. you know, we'll see what happens. Well, when, when he comes out and with a statement and refutes the, the story in some right. regard, that's fine, but we need to know exactly what part of the story is he refuting yeah. right mm-hmm. it's, it's murky right now um dino rossi has left canada soccer dino's been a great servant for many years still is 
with, with League One or Canada across country, quite frankly, but League One Ontario in particular. Um, he, he said in his statement, it became apparent that football doesn't come first at Canada Soccer these days. Scathing. Um, I actually asked Dina to come on the show and respectfully he declined at this point. He said, listen, I kind of said it all in my statement right now. It's best to let the dust settle, so to speak, in his words, which I, I completely respect. But again, <laughs> it's a list of people who have left in the last year or so. It's quite incredible. I don't know who's left at Canada Soccer right now. It's Can we also talk about the, the full disconnect between what Victor said with CONCACAF and Canada Soccer about soccer first? And then Dino Rossi saying the exact opposite within, what, a day? Not even. I mean, less than 24 hours, Dino Rossi resigned after hearing that from Victor. So there's obviously some drama going on at Canada Soccer still. Yes. <laughs> and again, it maintains itself. We Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to say. We don't no, know. I mean, I mean they... there's so much politics. But you know what was interesting? Uh, I just was reading that article about the U, the U.S. Soccer Federation finally pl paying people. So the first the president it was yeah. the first president being paid, and this is the professionalism part that it seems that is missing sometimes because professionalism and accountability follow through with being paid. Being a board of directors doesn't mean anything if you're not paid. The prayers is a full time job. Yeah, it's that absolutely. But yep. not being a being a nonprofit that makes it complicated, right? And that's where so a lot of people voted against that in the states. Anyway, mm -hmm. beyond my level of expertise right now, um, I have to go, guys. We haven't touched on the Afcon or the Asia. Oh, Cup, yeah. Uh, Ivory Coast beating Nigeria and Qatar beating Jordan. So the two hosts win those tournaments. Uh, you guys Great. can continue if you want and talk more about. It, but I have to go. Sure. What's well, your charms? See you again. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, Charms. Yeah. <laughs> All right, continue. I'll, I'll see you yeah. on uh, on Wednesday, okay? Yeah, thanks, Charms. Okay, uh, Forrest is going to take over. Greg, Greg's yeah. taking over. This well, is awesome. I mean, the, the Ivory Coast story, well, there's two good it's stories in the Asian great Cup, stories. as well as the African Cup of Nations. Guitar winning back-to-back, -back, which really is a surprise, considering how poor they were in the World Cup. They performed okay in the Gold Cup when they came over here and tried to get themselves prepared for the World Cup. But they are hosting. Goes to show you how hosts do. You know, generally they do very well. Ivory Coast, also a host for the African Cup of Nations. And their story is quite amazing, uh, that they only won one of the two games of the three games in, qual in, the, in the group stage. They got smashed by Equatorial Guinea in the group stage, 4-0. Hmm. At home, the, everything's going pear-shaped. The manager gets sacked. Then they move into the round of 16 as the fourth best third-place finisher. So they just squeak in in third in their group. Round of 16, they equalize against Senegal, the holders of the championship, in the 86th minute, and then end up winning that on PKs with an interim coach now. Quarterfinals, they get a man sent off in the 43rd minute. They equalize in the 90th minute. Goal in the second minute of extra time to beat Mali. Semifinals, 65-minute goal to beat the Congo. And in the final, 62nd-minute equalizer, 81st-minute winner to defeat Nigeria. That is unbelievable. That's a bunch of turmoil going on inside a team. Mm -hmm. It looks like it's going sideways, and there you go. They go on to win it. I just looked it up, Craig, the, the – 
the coach that was fired, he, his name is Jean-Louis Gasset. Yeah. So I'm sitting there going, he's got to feel bad. <laughs> for the, And then this, Amaros <laughs> Fayet is the new guy. And you're like, this guy's being carried around on a float, right? Like, <laughs> like opposites. <laughs> Halfway through the tournament, you're fired. Like that yeah. is almost unheard of. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. But that mentality inside that dressing room for that sort of never say die attitude and that team just thinks like doesn't matter what's thrown at us, doesn't matter, as you said, for us, if things go sideways or pear shaped, like they just had this self-belief. Right. And like that's always something that you need in these tournaments that are are drawn out is that you you have to build, you have to grow. And so, I mean, it goes back, you know, like Spain at the Women's World Cup. Like, obviously, they're one of these highly touted, most talented teams going in, but, like, they're up against it in terms of the coach, in terms of the conditions, um, fucking Ruby Alice. Like, you know, they they win, and that moment's robbed, or, like, they're robbed of that, of celebrating that moment because of one cunt, right? But, I mean, it's really a <laughs> systemic, cultural um kind of insidious thing that needed to be reckoned with and they and they did it but they were up against it and they were able to kind of overcome it and that's what i think you're you, you see there with uh with the ivory coast amazing amazing story and then qatar um i i was surprised japan and south korea mm-hmm. i guess like it it was hurtful because two weeks ago i bet on tottenham to beat, I forget who they were playing, but it was someone that they should, oh, it was Everton. Mm. And I forgot that Sun was still playing in the Asian Cup. Uh, and then he returned yesterday yeah, to set start. up an amazing last, you know, last 10, 10 minute uh, goal. And you're like, oh, like that, uh, sorry, I know, I know, I know our boy JC was happy about Tottenham winning the other day. Yes. <laughs> but you forget that these guys in Salah got hurt in Africa. So there's all these guys that are all of a sudden you're sitting there going, oh, they're having huge effect on the Prem too. That's So that was my, but Qatar coming out of uh, Asia, Craig, any insight on that? Not much other than they seem to be really improving. They put a lot of resources into their team, which obviously they have. Uh, I think these tournaments that they've been going around on a roadshow uh, which they're able to do. Um, unlike a lot of leagues around the world, you're not taking your best players and going, listen, we're going to go on a traveling roadshow to prepare two years before a World Cup or right. tournament. So they have that on their side. Um, but I was, I am surprised in a way with the quality of the Japanese and South Korea, uh, even though it was being held in Qatar, I, I was surprised that they, they won back to back, to be honest with you, but good on them. Did you see the last talking about traveling net the Miami FC? Oh yeah. Debacle. Oh my God. Because all of a sudden China says, Nope, you didn't bring Messi. He's not playing. And then he played in Japan. Mm-hmm. So they got all, you know, the Chinese are very, very uh, sensitive about any, any props to Japan and uh, quite. Uh, I think they, you know, I think it doesn't look, make look i mean it's the chinese government what are you going to do but that tour got ended three games or two or three games earlier than it was supposed to mm-hmm, and messi yeah. i mean just because messi didn't play not not a successful tour and they booed Beckham, which when they were in know. hong kong yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think it takes a lot for china to be like we're out <laughs> 
<laughs> we don't want a part of this. <laughs> and now they're regretting it seriously. But I yeah. think if you're into Miami, they care deeply about their global brand. So I think this is a blemish. I them. do too. You yeah. Know, they're going to have to rethink that. Maybe somebody's yeah. getting the ax. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you can't go around traveling around the world with a star player filling stadiums because of Messi and not play him. You no, either no. don't do it, but if he's sitting on the bench and he's waving at the crowd, that's not enough. No. That's not enough for these people. I agree. They were like, and, they, and I think their money was paid back for that. Uh, half. Half. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you're still, but the other thing is, it's not unlike. I think the Chicago fire, right, of MLS, the fans were the same way when Messi didn't show up. He, you know, like they were like, this is bullshit. I just spent 250 bucks, 300 bucks for a nosebleeder to go see Messi play. And they're all clamoring for their money back. And I get it. But then again, it is one player, you know, like like you're taking your chances. Guys get hurt. Well, it's like it's like going to see uh, like a musical in New York. You know, you're going to go see Bette Midler performing <laughs> Rochelle, Rochelle, you know, and, and these are gifted tickets to make up for, you know, a, a humiliating yeah. thing that had happened. And then Bette doesn't show up and you get Denise Graham. You're like, what is this? You know, so it's, I mean, it's fairly yeah. and then you see her playing softball. So it really you see Bette Midler playing softball on the Rochelle, Rochelle team. Yes. <laughs> Wings between the wind between beneath underneath my wings. What is it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. You are the wind beneath underneath on that side. The Un- wind between my between my the legs. wind between my balls. Ball ball ball. Okay, so we're gonna close her up. fuboTV.com slash footy prime to subscribe. There's a match on today, Crystal Palace, Chelsea. And sprinkle some money on, if you want, on Tony Bay, Canada, Tony Bay, Ontario. Dubs, take us out. <laughs> oh my gosh, don't, don't buy newspapers, but like, listen, subscribe to Footy Prime. Cheers for listening. This episode of Footy Prime has been brought to you by Fubo TV and by Tony Beck. Make sure to subscribe to Footy Prime wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Footy underscore Prime and on Instagram at Footy Prime IG. Well, you made a long journey from Milan Back to Minsk. <laughs> Rochelle, Rochelle. Rochelle. <laughs> and was it pineapple uh, shaved ice that Kramer was looking for for Bette Midler? What flavor was it? Remember he's running around all over Central Park yeah. looking for the vendors? I think it was pineapple, yeah. pineapple <laughs> shaved ice. Oh, it's so good to see. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.